There are 10 quarterbacks in the Big 12, but Baylor has the best. Blake Shapin will be the offensive MVP in the Big 12 next year, and there are numbers to back it up on Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Drake Toll alongside Scotty Swingler, the pigskin preacher. This is episode between 68 and 70 of Locked on Baylor. So I brought a pastor on to help keep myself in check and keep things as PC as possible. Uh, Scotty, I know that you, as a podcaster for Baylor Sports, somebody who's written about Baylor Sports in the past that does a lot of research and, and gives like, you know, Jesus at one and then, you know, at like a one B, but a very a much lower one B Baylor sports, you are heavily opinionated on this. So word on the street says when you're truly passionate about something, you can write a sermon about it, especially when it's about a Baptist school. And is there a message that could incorporate Blake Shapin being the best quarterback in the Big 12? Let me see how we can spin this, Drake. So um, here's the deal. Part of being a preacher is that I preach the gospel, which, which I've inherited. That's actually a, an essential part of the New Testament, is that you do not preach another gospel. There's some really harsh words for people who preach another gospel or a false gospel. So listen, while I came on your show this spring to advocate for Gary Bohannon as Baylor's starting quarterback in 22, I much... Now I must uh, faithfully preach the gospel I've inherited, not the one mm. I'd hoped for. I mean, because if I can be honest, if I had been Jesus, I would have started um, John the Beloved over Peter at the quarterback position, um, otherwise known in biblical times as the rock upon which I will build my church, right? Uh, because advanced stats show that John possessed greater accuracy and patience in the pocket than Peter, in addition to being um, a vision caster and, and not getting injured throughout his career. But Jesus chose to start Peter, who was a high-ceiling prospect, as you know, from Galilee, whose upside was just too great to deny despite his inconsistency and injury-prone nature. So Jesus picked Peter, so that's what we preach. Dave picked Blake Shapin. Mm. So that's what we preach. Drake, let's get started with this. I'd like to ask you a few questions uh, this morning. First of all, an easy one. Easy. Who's the reigning Big 12 championship game MVP? That would be the guy who broke a facility record at AT&T Stadium. I think it's Blake Shapin. Oh, oh it's that is so interesting. Yes, Blake Shapin in only his second game as Baylor's starting quarterback was the most valuable player of the Big 12 championship game as selected by the media. Okay, second question. In both the NFL and college football, the media seems to be extremely biased when it comes to these kind of awards towards a particular position group. Drake, do you know which position group the media is really biased towards in giving out these sorts of awards? Well, had you asked me in like the 30s, it's the fullback position, obviously. But, Scotty, we're not in the 30s anymore. This is the AD, and it's got to be quarterback. That's right. It is It is quarterback. So if you look, since the Big 12's first season in 1996, a quarterback has won Offensive Player of the Year 17 out of the 26 years, about 65% of the time. If you look at winners since 2003, that number jumps to 74 four percent and in 1999 the writers liked quarterback so much they gave the award to two of them so in total 18 quarterbacks 
have won Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in the 26 years of the Big 12 Conference. And of those quarterbacks, I looked through the list this morning. I think you can make a sound argument that 14 or 15 of the 18 were clearly playing for the best team in the conference. Yeah. So here's the question now, Drake, a third question for you. Who did the media pick to win the Big 12 in 2022? Somehow, Scotty, against the murmurs of Texas fans and Oklahoma fans, they picked that little Baptist school in Waco. Interesting. They picked the media picked Baylor. Mm. To win the Big 12. And nearly three quarters of the time since 2003, a quarterback's going to win Offensive Player of the Year in the Big 12. And it's almost always for the best team in the conference. Okay, there you go. So my apologies real quick to Deuce Vaughn and B. John Robinson. It's just not happening for them this season. They are, one, playing the wrong position. Okay? And while Kansas State has a slim little dark horse chance to summit this mountain, Texas, um, they got no shot. We know what they're going to do. They're going to win five to seven games. Um, frankly. Texas probably should start B. John Robinson at quarterback. Um, it might work out better for them than starting Quinn Ewers because, you know, <laughs> gross. Um, but I digress. Let's think about something else. In Romans 10, 14, Drake, here's the hmm. scripture for today. Paul writes, how will they believe if they have not heard? In other words, how will someone know Jesus if a friend or a preacher does not talk about Jesus? And the Bible of college football clearly says in Charlie He Brewer, chapter one, how will he throw if he have not time? Mm. In other words, Drake, your quarterback can't do anything without time to throw the ball, a.k.a. an offensive line. So my fourth question is this. Who possesses the best offensive line in the Big 12, according to everybody who's made a list, CBS Sports, Bleacher Report, On3, Heartland? Do you know who that might be? It's it's not close. It's PFF would tell you it's the best line in college football. It's the Baylor. It's the Baylor Bears. Oh, oh, Baylor has the best offensive line in college football. The the Joe Moore semifinalist unit that returns four or five starters and arguably improved at the fifth spot. Yeah. Okay. So Shapin's gonna have time to put the ball downfield. Are you starting to believe yet, Drake? I, I see where you're going. See, I'm used to sermons with three points. You're giving me four questions. You're kind of throwing me out of whack right now. <laughs> I'm moving into here. my. We're moving oh, there's into five. the final movement, Drake. Here it is. Blake Shapin is notably a two-sport athlete. So even though I don't think he's actually suited up for Baylor baseball yet, he was recruited just as much as a baseball player, as a football player. You should see him turn those double plays from the shortstop position, dude. He is a killer baseball player. Now, Baylor has, in the not-so-distant past, had another really notable two-sport athlete play the quarterback position. Can we can we think of who that might have been? Let's see. Okay, this one's really hard, so I'll give you a hint. He bears the same name as his father and his grandfather. Could he have, could he have run track? He did run track. I'm not – he wasn't a wide receiver, was he? He was not. You've you've narrowed it down to one option, and I th I think it's Robert. I think his name was Robert Griffin the third. R G three, as his friends call him, won the Big Twelve in the four hundred meter hurdles, arguably the hardest race in track and field. As a true freshman, he was a two sport star at the college level. So the last time. Baylor University had a two-sport superstar under center. He won a Heisman Trophy. Oh, I'm preaching now. I'm preaching. A Heisman, that's, that is the Ark of the Covenant of college mm. football awards. Oh, Lord. Now, now hold on. Now, th think about this. 
The last time, this is the last question for you. The last time Baylor had a starting quarterback. Yeah. Whose first name started with a B was when? First name? There's Bell. There's Brewer. There's give me. <laughs> I phone a friend, Scotty. Phone a friend. It was in 2014 when Bryce Petty won Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year and Bears won the Big 12, which was a milestone they did not reach again until Blake Shapin won the Big 12 Championship MVP. I'm out here preaching the good news. Will you believe Blake Shapin? 2022 Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. Holy cow. There was, I, man. Everybody, wherever you are out there in, in the world listening, Zambia, Chatham, I don't even care. Round of applause, whatever that was. That was spectacular. My, oh, my gosh. My chair actually hit the floor. That was a lot of fun. Oh, dinner and a show. It's a dinner and a show. Wow. Wow. You can't, we can't even argue with that. It's like every talking point that I had was just addressed in that right there. I don't. That's it. That's the 25-minute podcast. Everybody go home. That was it. That was the whole show. That is insane. Scotty, holy crap. I don't know. <laughs> I'm in awe of that performance. I'm in awe right now. I want to go back to, what was it, Charlie He Brewer? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, thou who cannot be protected, cannot throw or whatever. Yeah. What was it? How, that how, will they, how will he throw if he have not time? Right. Or half sorry. Yeah. Sorry that I my scripture memori memorization <laughs> has not been uh, as on point as it used to be at church camp. Um, that man, dude, Connor Galvin, Jacob Gall, all the you've got four out of five offensive linemen returning on the best offensive line in the Big Twelve. Before I even look at Blake Shapen and how good Shapen is, that's the first place I go because Texas, right? Let's say Quinn Ewers is it okay? Higher ceiling than Blake Shapen, maybe. Let's say he's a better athlete than Blake Shapen, better recruit, sure. But if he can't get the ball off in time, what are you going to do? Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. What do we know about Oklahoma and how their offense is going to look under Brent Venables? And maybe they're solid under Levy, but they, the turnover there is nuts, right? I was going to say, let's let's actually clarify because there's been some uh, some people spouting about this on Twitter recently. We know exactly what that offense is going to look like. Um, I mean, theoretically, we really, really do. Uh but you're right. You have to have a line to make it work, and we don't know. And with with Quinn Ewers, dude, who is the best school in America at taking touted four and five star athletes and doing nothing with them? It's good. It's Texas. Very it might obviously. be Texas. It might. Yeah. It, it is Texas. It's probably Texas. So Texas, Nebraska's up there, but Texas mostly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can say this. Blake Shapin has proven more in two and a half games than yours has at the college level. I mean, and to me, mm. you don't know anything until somebody steps up onto that field. How many five stars have, have been nobodies? I mean, it happens. A majority, happens. right. How, how many five-star guys were on Kansas team when they went to Austin this past season and beat Texas? A team that is loaded with five stars. So you, you can't, it's so tough to project a team that, sure, maybe, again, highest ceiling, most, most athleticism in the Big 12, maybe it's Texas. That doesn't win games. That do, You can't, like, on paper, that doesn't win you a football game. And Blake Shapin, what he's put together on paper, the guy last season completed his first 17 passes of the Big 12 championship game, which is a facility record at AT&T Stadium. By the way, quarterbacks like Tom Brady have played at AT&T Stadium. There have been Super Bowls 
Every high school football state championship is played there. Year after year, Alabama goes and plays there in these huge games early in the season. And late in the season, you're Cotton Bowls. Who's got the facility record of any quarterback all time to play there? Blake Shapin for completing the most passes. In that first half, he also threw three touchdowns, hurt his shoulder, and was still lights out. We don't, this isn't Scotty. Quinn Ewers, when's the last time you saw him play college football? Never. See, now I'm asking you the questions. It's never. Let's that go. one's too Let's easy. Go. Yeah. That to me is you have it not on paper, on film, on film, where Blake Shapin went out and tore apart maybe the best defense in the entire Big 12. Who just going to say a- that's that's the part of this story that's really easy to forget is is just how good Oklahoma State's defense was last year. 100%. And and it took them that whole half and you're right, potentially an injury to kind of catch up to Blake Shapin. Um, Well, Shapin couldn't play in the Sugar Bowl. He was so hurt that a month later when Baylor played in their bowl game, he was still out with a shoulder injury, but still torched your team. Yeah. Well, I've noticed a trend, and I I mentioned this before we went uh, live and recording this. I, I wrote a story about Baylor's quarterbacks in 2020, so we had not seen Shapin on a college football field at that point. Right. I just pointed out um, so many of these elite quarterbacks now are baseball players. Yeah. That is becoming more and more and more common. So just the short list, let me find it real quick. The short list in recent history, Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, Johnny Manziel, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes were all like very notable good baseball players. Yeah, And, and I don't think it's a coincidence. And I drew the comparison in 2020. I compared uh, – I compared Shapin's game to Russell Wilson. Um, I got a lot of flack. How can you say he's Russell Wilson? I'm not Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer. He, yeah. But as far as size, arm talent, ability to move the pocket, um, all of those things, those guys are very similar. And and I just so even when you talk about like Quinn Ewers, and you're like, yeah, he's more athletic and maybe has more upside. I, I don't know that. I don't know that. Like, I don't yeah. know that that's necessarily true. I I want to pitch this to you. Do you remember Brandon Whedon, who yeah. was the best quarterback in the Big 12 in 2012? That team goes to the national championship, if not for Iowa State knocking them off wide right, Natty Light. That Brandon Whedon was 28 years old at quarterback that season. It's kind of it's nuts to think about. People forget that part of the story that the right. guy was 28 when he was leading Oklahoma State that year. Scotty, imagine you suit up today and you're like, all right. I'm going to go play quarterback for a college football team. That's what Brandon Whedon did. You know why he was 28, Scotty? Because he's playing baseball. Because he was freaking playing baseball, man. He's a freaking baseball player. Yep. Drafted into the Yankees organization and a guy who was pursuing a baseball career. And when it didn't work out, he said, ah, I'll just go play college football at Oklahoma State. Lo and behold, he's steps away from going to the national championship for his team. Blake Shapin, baseball player who I thought was better at baseball than he was football. I think a lot of people thought that. Absolutely. That was his, his at short. I watched him play in high school, actually, in shortstop and unremarkable, just remarkable talent gets to the college level. And I'll say this, Scotty, if we're going to have a conversation about who has the best pro potential of quarterbacks in the Big 12, I, I don't know if I do go Blake Shapin because his mechanics are sure. a lot like a baseball player. The sure. guy, it, he looks like when he's rolling out that he's throwing a ball from shortstop across the diamond to first. And a lot of times with your legs, with your arm, that might not be long-term sustainable for a career. But 
You can sling the ball like that, toss the rock over the course of three years in college. What has he, Scotty, what has Blake Shapin shown you that you haven't liked so far? The the only thing, and it's and it's our sample size is too small, is that he got hurt. That's literally, and I've said that, I've said that since spring is is can he uh can he can he stay away from big hits? Can he get yeah. down um and keep himself uh healthy? Because if he can do that, what you're pointing out that is correct, I haven't seen anything in just his game that mm. I don't like. There's nothing mm. in his game that's bad, at least not that just jumps out at you. And I want to go back to what you just said about NFL players. Kyler Murray just got one of the biggest contracts in NFL history. Yeah. Um, and I think he kind of throws like a baseball player still. He does a lot of those different arm angles. And um, Mahomes, of course, is just Mahomes. famous for making ridiculous looking kind of baseball style throws all the time. So um, I'm not saying I'm not making projections about Blake Shapin beyond Baylor, but there's no reason he can't develop into a decent prospect at the NFL level. And who knows, maybe, maybe he watched what Kyler Murray did as a sixth overall major league baseball draft pick choosing football. And it just paid off for Kyler Murray big this last week and shape. Why why not me? Why not me? Right. I mean, Kyler is going to make more money than the entire Oakland athletics organization because he chose football over baseball and you bet on yourself when it pays off for him. So shape and chooses football over baseball and boy, how do you, that work? Now there are quarterbacks that do the opposite. Connor Nolan, who is the starting Friday night guy for Arkansas baseball this season was the starting quarterback under Chad Morris. Chad effectively ruined him on football and ruined the Allen football program, set them back a few years as well. Uh, (laughs) And so it it works the other way too, but for shape it's obviously paid dividends for him to choose the football route. And now he's playing in a Big 12, too, that feels it's transitional. You're in a transitional phase. So what team has the most consistency where you need it on the field? That's your 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 guys up front, offensive and defensive side of the football. That's where Baylor or any of these Big 12 teams need guys. The trenches in a transitional Big 12. Not just transitional from a real realignment standpoint, but also from a pace of play standpoint and a style of play standpoint, Scotty, these teams are not throwing the rock around the field anymore. The big 12 is getting progressively more defensive. It is so funny to watch eras and the way things change because um, I was a student during 2013, 2014, those big 12 championship runs. And every team was trying to catch up to Baylor's offense. And, and yeah. a couple of teams like TCU were doing it pretty well. Um, and yeah, you just fast forward, six seven years later and you're right it's a defense i just laugh at the the old narrative that was so present and it drove us crazy even then was big 12 plays no defense sec plays no defense or plays good defense and not as much offense and now it's almost flipped now the narrative is sec teams are in all these shootouts and big 12 teams are like baylor oklahoma state are having these defensive brawls man where where you're going to have a Jaron McVay making a game-saving tackle to win it. It's not going to be about the big play offense. Um, yeah, and I think I think shaping can thrive in that. And I, and I think what's what's going to be fun to watch, Drake. Speaking of big play offense, taking the subject a little bit. Um, Travis Roeder over there at, at Sikkim has pointed out a couple times. Um, one, Shapin cannot like be a between the tackles red zone rushing threat like Bohannon was. Yeah. And two, Shapin throws a better deep ball than Bohannon. And so that means the coaches are going to want more deep strike passing touchdowns to have less red zone contact and just take advantage of Shapin's arm talent. 
And so I, I honestly think if Baylor's offense does evolve this year beyond what we saw last year, I think it's going to be a little bit more exciting, frankly. I think there might be some more shots downfield. It, it will be an entertaining brand of football that, that I think opens up the wide zone even more so with Shapen at the helm. And speaking of opening things up, the Big 12, they're opening their doors to new teams across the country through realignment. And, Scotty, I want to get your thoughts because it's been such a hot topic on where the Big 12 goes next and whether or not the Pac-12 will still be around in a, in a few years. But before we get to that, i got to tell everybody at home about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. We are it's July 27th today when this podcast airs. We are like three and a half, four weeks, 20-ish days away from college football season. We are on the cusp of football returning, and everything's upticking in folks talking about it. And at Bet Online, they have odds that talk about who can win what and who has the best odds to win what from players to even coaches and teams as well. You can go pick the Baylor Bears to win the Big 12 right now, plus 400 odds. So really solid odds that you could make money on a team that the media thinks is number one, but Vegas thinks is number four. I mean, worth at least checking out at betonline.net. Also, MLB baseball going on right now and fighting and stuff and the UFC and all that jazz. So betonline.net. It is where the game starts. Go check out betonline.net. I promise you will not be disappointed. Scotty, realignment and go. I'm going to leave it super vague. I, I want to know what you've made of past two weeks of just chaos in college athletics. Man, the, the unfortunate thing is we we don't know anything. I mean, that's that's kind of what's unfortunate. There's all these speculation and rumors and reports, and what do we really know, right? Um, I think all we know is what we're hoping for. Um, I think the Big 12 is so lucky and fortunate and and maybe maybe did j- just just luck of the century in that we had already picked up the four schools that we're picking up before yeah. this offseason. Like the fact that we were already prepared to bring in BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, four really consistently good football programs, but also like stellar basketball programs. Also, you're getting huge markets out of Florida and Utah. Um, the Big 12 is so strongly positioned compared to the Pac-12 based on footprint, based on football of the last 15 years. If you just look at football tradition. Um, so I think the I don't I don't know specifically what what I can comment on, except to say I think the Big 12 is in a really safe place to yeah. be that third major conference. Um especially if you weight basketball into it. Um, I just don't see how the Big 12 disintegrates or doesn't make it through this. Um, I, I think the schools in the Big 12 and schools coming into the Big 12 are going to be highly competitive with the SEC and the Big 10. And I think if you can bring in, I mean, Utah makes too much sense, right? Makes too right. much sense. They're the best program over there right now, football-wise. Um, you bring them in with BYU and you keep that little kind of regional rivalry. Um, Colorado. Uh, whatever they they were they were part of the og big 12 uh bring them back you know outside of that um where it's, it's just interesting Drake. it's just interesting to me like where will washington and oregon end up that's so fascinating two schools that are in a funny position themselves because they have a huge football brand but not huge like tv markets to bring with them right mm-hmm. um Whereas with the Arizona schools, it's almost the opposite. They, they have not had a lot of football success, but Phoenix is a huge market. It's it's all interesting. Um, I think Baylor's fine. I heard, last thing I'll say, I heard Colin Cowherd is someone I listen to almost every week. 
Yeah. Um, and he is like notoriously never followed Baylor well. He spent years saying Matt Rule's an offensive coach, and I wanted to say you've clearly never, never heard Matt Rule talk, right? Like, right. Um, and he did a rant like two weeks ago where he literally was like, the Big Twelve will be fine because over the past decade, Baylor has been a top eight football program in the country. And I was like, wow, yo, like. Okay, like it's it's it, it takes twelve years, but finally Baylor's kind of starting to get seen as a big brand in college athletics. So, um, I'm just excited to see what happens, man. And I'm for whatever it is. Let's do it. So the big thing to me, and this is the last thing I'll pitch you when it comes to realignment, the Pac-12. You already mentioned the Big 12's ability to poach some of those teams. Do do you see this as take as many as you can get? Go get the top six Pac-12 teams in Oregon, Washington, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado, or pick and choose. Go take Oregon, who's really profitable. Go take Arizona, who's profitable, or Utah, who's profitable, and the rest of them can kind of kick rocks. Are you a quantity over quality, or let's keep it tight, make more money than we have to divvy out? I think, I think you've just... Uh... I think you got to get to 16. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's kind of the golden number, right? It, I don't know if you want to go beyond 16. I would say to your question, um, it certainly would be nice to pick and choose, but I don't think you get Oregon without Washington, and I don't think you get uh, – that would be awkward to me to get, like, one of those two schools and one of the Arizona schools. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm overthinking it. Who do they play? Um, yeah. I mean, then you're but, the Big Ten because somebody's got to go. Right. And, yeah. you know, I would I – would, I would, but to be honest with you, I, I think to answer your question, if it was those six, yeah, yeah, mm. bring them in. Bring them in. Why not? I mean, why? Like, I guess I'd rather hear the argument as to why you don't do that. Does that not make you stronger? I would think it does. I think all of those schools have something to offer. Um, yeah. In some it, capacity. I mean, I think they're, when you look at the numbers game completely and what schools are in the negative when it comes to how strong their brand is or their TV deals would be. I think they're much more analytical. Brett Yormark is the guy to look at that stuff too. I mean, he's if anybody's going to do it, it's the new commissioner of the Big Twelve. So I'm sure financially, he's got a close eye on. If you bring in, say that you have you know 14 teams, you could add four more. Are those four going to be profitable? Or are we going to lose money in that we right. have to divvy out money to these schools? So I, I do think that becomes a conversation. But I like the idea that 16 is the mark. Like every everybody yeah. lets hit 16, so you at least have the numbers that keep up with the Big Twelve and the Pac-12 or the Pac-12. <clears throat> the SEC and the Big Ten. There it is. So, Scotty, unbelievable stuff. Thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, I would like you... to make it. Can I make an announcement real quick? I did, did something yesterday. I'd like to tell the people. Um, so I I have enjoyed coming on here with you guys so much when I can, and uh, you are the first person to ever call me the pigskin preacher, and and I liked that moniker so much. I just went ahead. Um, I'm tired of like trying to like play football opinion and be a pastor on on too much same social media account it's too much so if you want if you want the football takes um pigskin preacher was taken so if you at preacher pigskin (laughs) on twitter you'll see an angry bear behind a pulpit that's me go Mm. follow me at preacher pigskin and uh we'll chat some baylor football together i'd really love to uh to interact with anybody on there who likes to if any, there's just no way that people won't do that at this point. After after today's events, you've got to at preacher pigskin on Twitter. That it, yeah, just that. Holy crap, just that. Scotty, thank you again. For thank coming you, man. On this today. was fun. 
Yeah. Remarkable. We're going to do it again very soon because uh, there's so much football coming up. And we are, again, right there. We are right there in football season. And I could not be more excited about it, despite being in Massachusetts, where football is just not really a thing. They don't do a whole lot of that over here at BC or Northeastern or Harvard or any of those. Or Quinnipiac, which is also here, I learned very recently. But I'm Drake Toll. That's Scotty Swingler. Go check out Scotty at Preacher Pigskin or at Passer underscore Scotty. When we come back on Friday, it's a Locked On Big 12, Locked On Baylor crossover. We break down all things broad of the scale of the season with Josh Neighbors on Locked On Baylor.